0: My name is Ray Montgomery, and I would like to welcome you to the Navigating Blindness podcast. And on today's podcast, we have Mr. Haris Singer. How you doing, Harris? I'm doing great, Ray. How about yourself? All right. I'm doing good. I really wanted to bring you on the podcast uh, because October is National Disability Employment Awareness Month, and we wanted to really just highlight some of our employees uh, who work in different areas at Boswell Enterprises just to really get you know, a better idea of what you guys do and what your role here is at Bosma Enterprises.
1: So, um, Haris, what did you do here at Bosma Enterprises? I have the title of Ability One Program Manager, and I am the guy that takes uh, new products and new opportunities that come into the organization. And bring them to the procurement list, which gives them mandatory status, which is the way we're able to grow and maintain the great employment opportunities that we have for employees. Okay. What is the
0: Ability One program?
1: The Ability One program is the best kept secret of the federal government. It's a great way to bring uh, government uh, procurement, uh, private industry, and us nonprofits with a mission together in, into a great marriage because. The government gets to buy a great product uh, while not having to go through an enormous amount of paperwork we get to fulfill a mission of employing people who are blind or have other disabilities and industry gets to uh, participate in with us and the government by supplying us the raw materials we need to furnish those products the ability one program was first created in 1938 and is a federal program designed to leverage the buying power of the government to create job opportunities for people who are blind or have other disabilities. And that's done by us finding an opportunity that the government customer needs, and it gets placed onto the procurement list, which makes it a mandatory source item. So as long as the government has a need for that product, we they need to buy it from us indefinitely. Okay. And so there's a lot of process and regulation and paperwork that goes into Obtaining that mandatory status, the government wants to make sure they're getting a good product at a fair market price, and we—I'm uh, the one that, that produ- produces all of that paperwork and uh, make sure that we get those uh, certifications to uh, be able to get those employment opportunities. So, uh,
0: the procurement list—that's how we really sell products to the federal government, correct? Absolutely. Okay, so. I know with the federal government, there has to be a lot of uh, streamlining just to really get that product onto that procurement
1: list. Yes, there's a a lot of of checks and balances and reviews and re-reviews and approvals needed between the governing agency, which is the Ability One Commission, which is a federal government agency that oversees a program, and the contracting officer of the government agency that wants to buy the product, And in between it all is National Industries for the Blind, who helps coordinate those paperwork efforts between us and the government and the Billy One Commission.
0: Okay, cool. Well, you sound like you definitely do a lot of great work really helping us to bring more product here to Bosman Enterprises, and which in turn will help us employ more people who are blind or visually impaired, correct?
1: Thank you very much. Uh, Yes, in the time I've been here 11 years, uh, our total employment was 100, now it's 215. Our direct labor was in the low 40s, now it's in the high 80s. We've added many hundreds of new SKUs of products to the mandatory source procurement list, and revenues have have nearly tripled in the time I've been here. So we've It's been a you know takes a village to make this happen, and we've all done a a great thing by using this program to, you know, our advantage.
0: So, what do you guys look for when um, deciding what products we can package here at Bosman Enterprises?
1: Well, we've uh, focused in the past on medical products. Uh, We kind of see ourselves as a medical supply company, so we're constantly looking at uh, new types of exam gloves, surgical gloves, or industrial gloves. We also uh, have been growing uh, rapidly over the last uh, 10 years our uh, kit line of business operating room cleanup kits and now a patient transport pack for hospitals to use on gurneys and ambulances as a way of, of quickly changing over um, beds and operating room tables so that helps limit uh, infection uh, spreading and you know gets you know patients through the system faster And it's been very well received by the VA. We're looking to expand these into the Department of Defense uh, hospital systems as well. Uh, We're potentially going to be looking at getting back into food and perhaps doing some light manufacturing because we want to be able to expand our capabilities uh, that we can provide to different government customers. So more than just products, it's what can you do Uh, that's important. And we want to be able to expand what we can do so we can – expand those different product lines to different government agencies. Cool. Cool. So how did you
0: get introduced to Bosma Enterprises?
1: Oh, I got introduced to Bosma through uh, the National Institutes for Blind uh, Business Leaders Program Fellowship, and kind of go back a little bit of time. Uh, Two thousand, I graduated from college in 2005 with a degree in political science and cultural anthropology, and... Like most grads, I had absolutely no idea what to, to do with life or you know what I could do with these degrees, right. and I uh, took some time off, took some master's classes, and I learned about this uh, fellowship, uh, fellowship development offered by NIB, and I'd uh, known of NIB before, and so I thought, okay, let's uh, see uh, if I can get accepted into this program, and they accepted me in, into this fellowship, which was a, a wonderful life change opportunity involved three eight-month rotations at different NIB agencies around the country, one with the Chicago Lighthouse, second was with NIB itself, and my third was with Bosma Enterprises. And so I was here uh, initially as a, a NIB fellow working uh, with Bosma on our strategic plans, and when my fellowship uh, came up, uh, you know, when the day came, uh, the relationship I had with Bosma was really good. And Uh, decided to keep me on as a permanent employee, uh, working on initially some project uh, management uh, development, and then I moved into a Billy One uh, business development manager, and then I'm now a Billy One program manager.
0: So every um, eight months you had to move?
1: Yes. Was that difficult? Uh, it was definitely a logistical challenge, for sure, you know, because I still had projects to wrap up while yeah. arranging for movers, moving, going yeah. to a city, looking for a new apartment. Uh, yeah. You know, it definitely uh, wasn't for the weary, that's oh. for sure. It was a, it was a lot of, of work, a lot of uh, quick moving decisions yes. and trying to find a landlord who'd want to rent to you for eight months and not a yeah. year. Uh you know, it was uh, incredible fun, though. I, I, yes. I like having a lot of irons in the fire. I, I like a good challenge, and you know, uh, you know, and doing things non-visually for me. You know, you know, for, for a lot of people, blindness is a tragic moopy thing. At least that's perception amongst a lot of people. But for me, blindness is a challenge in creativity. How can I do something non-visually? And so for me. Right. Well, this was never this uh, negative, uh, tragic thing. It was always about, you know, how can I do it, uh, taking the visual component out of it. And uh, so, you know, using creativity and a lot of elbow grease, I was able to, uh, you know, get myself across the country three times. And uh, then after I started working for Bosma, I moved to Chicago, where I now live, and I travel in uh, every month for a week, uh, so I'm in Chicago three weeks. I'm here one week, and then I travel to D.C. and other trade shows around the country for Bosma as well, throughout the year. Okay, so let me
0: ask you: Were you born visually blind, or was you uh, did something happened later in, in life?
1: I had eye problems as a kid, but it didn't mm-hmm. uh, lead into uh, to me going totally blind until I was 21. Okay, and I was in college at the time, and. Uh, in Maryland, which is where I'm from, and I was uh, desperately bored with life, desperately bored with college, bored with Maryland, and oh, here's this thing called blindness, and so it was uh, (laughs) a means uh, to uh, a life-changing, you know, certainly sent me on a different path of life for sure, and I went to a a vision rehabilitation center out in Colorado, so it got me out of the state, and I went traveling around the world uh, for a year with a multicultural group up with people after that. And then I uh, finished up my college degree and went to the fellowship. Okay,
0: you've been all over, Harif's. <laughs> so, do you find it um, difficult to travel independently?
1: No. Uh, okay. the, the only challenge uh, with uh, well, I, I deal with the challenges rather of traveling by compartmentalizing. Like, okay, first thing you get to the airport. You know, like so, you know, rather than taking the totality of all that it takes to get from point A to point B. You know, I, was, I split up into different chunks and, and deal with the, uh, whatever complexities may exist uh, from there. I also have a service dog, so I sometimes uh, have to deal with, you know, cabbies that don't like the dog, but they have to take the dog. Um, right. But, you know, the society has gotten a lot better about service animals, so there isn't the challenges with that that there used to be. Um, but no, I do like the traveling. I like uh, getting to new places, uh, meeting new people, new environments, and my dog is a very well traveled culture dog as well. Okay. Okay, so how
0: was it uh, traveling with a guide dog uh, versus a cane?
1: A guide dog is much easier in most ways. You just walk through the environment. Dog takes you around things, and I can focus more. The dog is doing a lot of the visual stuff, so I can pay attention to more of the sounds and and ambience. uh, surroundings. Um, you know, the challenge with the dog is it's, you know, traveling you know, a lot with the kid. You know, you gotta bring food, you gotta bring toys, gotta bring uh yeah. you know, bags, gotta you know, you know, make sure you have your your kit with you before you travel, because um, you, know, you know the dog needs to be happy and healthy along the way as well.
0: That's correct. That's correct. Got to clean up after that dog.
1: Oh <laughs> yeah. well, yep, I never forget the pee bags. <laughs> <laughs> Can't forget that. <laughs> oh yeah. i guess get some looks for that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to step in it. <laughs> well, that's cool. That's cool. So, what do you think? Um,
0: Why do you think there is a 70% unemployment rate among people who are blind and visually impaired nationwide?
1: Oh, that's such a great question. Certainly we all want to first point to society and not understanding blindness and how to incorporate blindness in the workplace, and that is very true. Uh, One thing I've learned in the 20 years I've been blind and having been working professionally now for 13 is you need to first have a marketable skill. Yes. You need to have a skill that someone needs, um, and that will place you above the disability every time. You know, what can you do for me is what every employer wants to look at with every resume or every application that they get. And, you know, we, we as blind people need to, you know, go after, you know, degrees uh, and internships uh, that will give us marketable skills that someone has a need for and want to pay for. And then we can work on the accommodations because I've definitely found in my 13 years of uh, you know, being blind and being professional is you know, I do 99.9% of my work on my own. I don't need sighted support for most anything at all. Um, and so you know, we can do the work without having readers, without having, uh, you know, side people double-checking our yeah. work. Um, you know, We can do the work on our own very successfully, uh, but we first need to have a skill that someone wants to pay for. Okay.
0: And how has technology really played a role uh, with you being successful?
1: Uh, 100% of that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, JAWS is uh, most certainly a godsend, and uh, the way it's evolved over time uh, has increased its uh its usefulness uh, with with web browsers, with its uh, with its integration with Windows uh, and with uh, Office programs, and even its uh, the way it's uh, kind of evolved the uh, features on its own, uh, its own internal OCR engine where I can you know take a scan of something and it will start reading to me right away, is a great way to like deal with expense receipts or or mail or flyers, you know it just it's a great way to skim over stuff and then there's you know, OpenBook which gets more sophisticated OCR uh, results. Um, you know, th- those, uh, those resources are incredibly powerful.
0: Yeah, and for those who um, just may be tuning in, JAWS is a screen reading program that converts that text on the screen to that speech output. So when you're dealing with Microsoft applications such as Word and Excel and PowerPoint, uh, it's reading everything that you're typing or seeing on the screen. So it allows us to be more independent I would say. And also with that the smartphone. So Absolutely, the smartphone yeah. is definitely the great one of the greatest tools right now of the twenty first century. Yeah. I mean you can navigate, um, you know, through an airport now, you can catch a ride on on your phone, you can check your emails and you know, a lot of great things you can do on the smartphone nowadays, so
1: Yeah, I give uh, the cell phone companies, like Google with Android and Apple with with iOS, a lot of credit for building outstanding screen readers for their phones. They really are helpful. Yes, yes, yes. So what do you like to do for fun when
0: you're not out here traveling the country? What do you like to do for fun?
1: Uh, Be home. (laughs) Uh, I, I love Chicago, it's a great city, yes. great people, uh, and I love my friends there, uh, and we love to barbecue together, go out to eat together, you know, we, it's definitely a, you know, a beer and restaurant drink, uh, town, and so I take full advantage of that, I love walking, I live near Wrigley Field oh, on the okay. north side, and so I like walking by the stadium on game days with my yeah. dog, and just kind of absorbing the the great energy of everyone having a great time, and you know, listening to the announcers, you know, don't exactly have to be in the stadium to to get the full breadth of what's going on. You can hear the announcers from blocks away, <laughs> so yeah. it works out really well. <laughs> yeah. um, I like going to the uh, lake shore. There's 23 miles of beaches along Lake Michigan. So it's like going out there with my friends when it's nice out. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Yeah, I like, uh, like enjoying the amenities of Chicago. It's yes, a so.
0: yes, beautiful city, Chicago, but get ready for that lakefront.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, printers are very brutal yes. in Chicagoland, yes. and I'll say I give a Midwesterner coming from the East Coast, I give Midwesterners a lot of credit. Winters here can be quite hellacious, and you know, every day millions of people are getting up and going to work school, regardless of how cold it is or how much snow is on the ground. I give them a lot of credit.
0: Yes, sir. Well, Mr. Haris, I definitely want to thank you for coming on the podcast today and just really giving us more insight of what you do here at Boson Enterprise, and uh, keep it coming. The opportunity is coming, sir, and I appreciate your time today. I want to thank you today for coming on the Navigating Blindness podcast. And if you know anyone suffering from vision loss, please visit Bosma.org and make sure that you are subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and liking us on SoundCloud. See you guys next week.